Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 130 of the One Before I Die podcast. First things first, happy belated birthday, Ethan. Thank you. April 3rd, <laughs> Ethan turned uh, 28, is it now, right? 28? Creeping yep, closer 28. to 30. So happy birthday to him. Um, yep. I hope you had a good time. He's he's struggling. He's actually kind of battling COVID throughout his birthday weekend, though. So kind of tough for him. Hopefully he gets I'm on the back end of it. So yeah. if I sound a little raspy, that's why. <laughs> he's fighting through. He's still here to record. Um, so, yeah. So we'll get right into the episode here. Um, obviously, a lot of emotional things going on with the Sabres last week with Rick Jenneret's uh, whole ceremony and night. Um, the game against Nashville Friday night, just an unbelievable game, unbelievable turnout from the fans and the crowd. So we'll talk about that, I'm sure, and we'll talk about the Sabres in general uh, as they've, uh, I mean, they've been playing great. Tough Al the other day in their most recent game, um, but overall, it's been a great ride for the Swords in the m- month of March, beginning of April here. Look to kind of finish it out strong throughout the end of the year. Um, so we'll talk about the Sabres and talk about that. Uh, not a lot whole going on with the Bills this past week. And, you know, we were talking here before the episode about what exactly we want to cover with the Bills and the Sabres. And I think we're just kind of t- going to take a break from the Bills a little bit here as, you know, the draft's coming up. Um, and there will be more of that kind of in the future. So this is going to be more of a, a Sabres-heavy focused episode. Um, like, I, as I said, I mean, not much really went down with the Bills anyway to talk about. Um, so we'll talk about the Sabres, and then we have a little bit of a hypothetical question that I kind of came across on Twitter last week, just a, a fun little discussion that Ethan and I will have um, based on championships around our favorite teams. Um, so we'll stay tuned for that at the end of the episode, and then we'll do another guest at the Buffalo Sports Figure to round it out, as we always do. So that's what's on the docket for today's episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ethan, anything else to add? How you doing over there besides, obviously, as we said, battling COVID, kind of the back end of it, but anything else on your end going on in Chicago? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, just battling through over here, you know, took a fever to the dome. <laughs> last week. Uh, been sweating a lot, a lot of coughing, a lot of mucus, but, you know, just, just powering through, finally getting through, uh, through COVID here. I managed to manage to not have it for two years. And then I get it when it's like not cool anymore. So that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I got it like two years ago. So I was one like the, I was kind of early on, but yeah, you haven't, everybody else that I've known, at least in the family, has kind of been able to, you know, avoid it. But now it's caught up to you. And um, I don't know, it's at least it's like now when you get it, though, it's only like, what, five day quarantine. At least like when I got it, I was like stuck in my room for like 20 days, it felt like. So it's a lot different. Yeah, this is my last day of technical quarantine. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, get better over there. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll move right into the episode here. And I think without further ado, we should start right off with RJ Knight and talk about that Sabres game and, and the night as a whole. Um, obviously, I'm talking about Friday night. The game was um, April 1st, I believe. Yeah, it was April Fool's Day. It was the game on Friday against the Nashville Predators, and the Sabres came out with a 4-3 to win. Um, initial thoughts, I mean, not even about the game, just this night in general. Obviously, we've been kind of pumping it up. The Sabres have been pumping it up the past few weeks. We talk about, we like to talk about attendance and, you know, fans, you know, going to Sabres game. I know it's something we always like to bring up and, you know, kind of analyze if it's getting more, what's the deal with that. And we said, Hey, if there's one game you're going to go to this year, make it that game Friday night to celebrate Rick Jenneret, an absolute legend, um, an absolute Buffalo Sabres legend, hockey legend. And, you know, the, the, the fans came through the Buffalo faithful came through that place was packed. That place was rocking. And, 
it, it, you couldn't help just to bring back memories of when that place was like that every night, every home game in the playoffs, just in the regular season, whatever it was. It was a sight to see. Um, I mean, I, I unfortunately, I mean, like hand up, I'll, I'll just come out and say, I unfortunately didn't get to watch it live because I had some prior commitments that night, but I did record it and I watched it the full thing. Yeah, like, what were you doing? Like what? what it was my buddy's birthday. It was also my buddy's birthday. So, you know, you're the only birthday this past <laughs> weekend. So I had to celebrate it with him. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I was checking the score and everything. I was, you know, looking at the clips and, and I did record it and, and go back and watch the entire like pregame ceremony. And I wanted to make sure I got everything soaked in because I obviously was pumping it up and telling people to go to it. And um, I just wanted to see it, obviously. But, I mean, it was just sick to see that place full and packed. Like, I mean, it's been, what, like two years? Because, I mean, you have COVID. Before COVID, it will, you know, it was full but not packed. And then COVID hit, obviously nothing there. And then since then, it's just been, you know, how it's been this year. So just straight up to see, you know, off-rip a, a, a packed KeyBank Center, pretty cool. Yeah, super cool. And it was – I mean, I would even say that it was even more than what it was two years ago. Like, sure, the KeyBank Center was probably full, but it wasn't even close to the same environment. Like, that environment rivaled the, you know, 2006s, the 2007s when people were really into it, the party in the park style. You know, you had just the chants were going. The whole the whole vibe in the entire night was very, very throwback-esque, and it it really, uh, I saw a tweet from, I think it was Yards Per Pass, who's a, who's a Bills account, uh, you know, really, really good Bills, Bills like, like analytic, all 22 type account. And not a big, not a, like he doesn't really tweet about the, Sa I don't know if it's a he or she, he, she doesn't really tweet about the Sabres a lot, but he had, a, he had a really good tweet after saying when the, you know, when the Sabres arena is at that kind of level, it's better than anything in Orchard Park with the yes, Bills. I agree. And I would agree with that. I mean, say what you, like the Bills stadium and like the whole Buffalo Bills ex home game experience is, I would put it up there with any, any team in the NFL. But man, when that Sabres arena is going, it is an absolute zoo. And I think it's more of just like how loud the place gets. It's just the environment that's awesome there. And it's, it's just like a great environment, great place to go watch a game. And when the vibes are like that, it's unmatched. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about it when this game happened and you see the, the, the full house there. And I just kind of thought about it. Like I, you know, we, we talk about the, the Sabres teams of the two thousands and 2010s and how good they were. And when the, you know, the, the stadium was like that, but if you really think about it, I mean, I know you're two years older than me, you know, the Sabres haven't been good my, my entire adult life. Like I've obviously been a Sabres fan since forever, since back then. I, would, I remember watching those games with you and dad against the Senators in the playoffs, against the, the Hurricanes. Like I remember yeah. it like, slightly, but at the same time, like. And we were we like went, 10 years old. Yeah, I mean, and we went to home games back then and, and it, it was obviously a good, a good atmosphere and good environment, and, but we're still so young. Like I, I haven't really experienced the Sabres as a, a powerhouse or even a good team that's contending. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since 2011. So it's like just by sheer math of it, I'm 25 years old, right? That's 10, 11 years ago. I'm, I'm only, you know, a freshman in high school, maybe not even at that time when they're, when they're you're, you're not. Yeah. I mean, 
the, but right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the last time they made the playoffs, I guess you were probably going into freshman year or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So it's like my entire adult life when I really started to, you know, follow things and understand, you know, hockey and just be an actual fan. Like it hasn't been like that ever. And it, it's just kind of crazy to think about. And I, th- and I didn't see that tweet that you brought up, but that's absolutely true. And it's just the, the nature of the sport too. I mean, hockey has that smaller compact, you know, closed arena as opposed to a football game where it's a little bit more open you're going to get it more rowdy when it, when it's uh you know, I mean, you watch the playoffs every year and every year I'm like, the Sabres have to find a way to make the playoffs. They have to, because of this environment, every one of these stadiums is just unbelievable. Um, my buddy was actually at the game Friday night and he DM me on Twitter. Cause he knows obviously I'm a big Sabres fan. He's from Buffalo, my buddy from college. And he said, he went to the game tonight. He, he, t- he DM me. He was like, yo, I went to the game tonight, dude. It was like, Oh, six, Oh seven grew up going to the games. And there was a special tonight, unreal in that arena. No words. Like he was like super emotional about it. So, I mean, just the people like, I mean, he's even a you know, few years younger than me and he, he got flashbacks from the Oh six, Oh seven season. So it was just awesome to see. Um, and then just the ceremony and everything was really cool. Like, you know, RJ out there with all the former Sabres and um, I don't yeah. know. And then obviously the, the boys came out buzzing as well. So. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna, I think it's awesome, and it was great that they actually won the game too. Yeah, it's um, huge. I think that's huge for like. I was thinking about that. Like, that's huge for the team, obviously, but it was just huge for the fans in a packed house, like seeing that on that same. Because it's weird. Like the Sabers, at this point, I feel like the fans that are consistently watching them at this point are, are the diehards, right? And the Sabers, I mean, whether you like it or not they're not the bills. Like the bills are always going to get their fans because the NFL is king football. Yeah, I mean, king. So it's one, you know, one day a week. It's, it's a lot different. Yeah. And, and it's not just as one day a week too. It's just this, the, the nature of the sport, right? The NFL is just king in America. More, more yeah. people care about it. It's talked about more during football season. Like you turn on the TV, all the talk shows are all talking football. Yeah, so they still are the, <laughs> exactly. And they still are. And it's not even in season. So the the Bills are always going to be fine. Like they're never going to go through a period like this of what the Sabers are. Like sure they won't if they're not as good as they are now. Like tickets will be cheap, and you know maybe the Jets game in Week 17, like we've seen, is like half empty. Like sure, but the Bills are never going to have this kind of attendance problem that we've seen with the Sabers and like this kind of where like this weird thing that we got going on with the fan base. So a lot what this game I think. I, or I hope is done is that a lot of those casual Sabres fans, I would call them, who's probably have like stopped really following them for like the last maybe six or seven years. Right. Like the, those, those kind of fans definitely were in it, you know, when we were going to playoffs in the late two thousands and then, you know, we, the Pakulas took over, they probably tried to stick with them a couple more years, but they really just tailed off, you know, and then Eichel couldn't really get that. That's the whole Eichel thing was just a mess. And, mm-hmm what I hope this does. And I, I guarantee a lot of those type of fans were at that game on Friday. Well, they had to be, cause like who else is filling the building. Right. Yeah. And so winning that game, I, I felt so much pressure as a diehard fan to even win over the casual Sabres fans to get back into it. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like, it was not like I was trying to do anything for the league, like the league and put the Sabres on like the national spotlight. It's just like within Buffalo, I was like, the Sabres need to win this game for the, for the city of Buffalo and, and the casual Buffalo sports fans to get those type of people back invested, going to the games again, because that's how you're going to get that same environment. Like the Sabres are humming when the city's humming with them. And so if you don't have all of all, everybody invested in the Sabres, it's not going to get to that level again. So for them to win that game and show that this team is actually has promise. And it's not just like 
oh, it's an event to honor Rick Jenneret. It was actually a good hockey game and the team actually won and they put on a really great performance was absolutely huge and added to the whole allure of the of the night which was awesome yeah I, th- I think it also does prove though like I, I know what you're saying about the casual fan like kind of win them over in a sense but I also think it does prove that like Buffalo is still very much a hockey city because that's like something that has also been kind of 100 question over the past year or couple of years and I mean I think you hit it on the head too with the Eichel thing the Pegula situation like I've, I've said this before on the podcast where I think a lot of the attendance issues and maybe the overall outlook and perspective of of Sabres fans isn't there because of it was more of like a boycott almost than like a it was just like these really bad situations happens and it boiled up and where it was almost like a boycott of you know Buffalo fans not going to spend money on Sabre season tickets which is a huge reason when you know barns are packed or, or stadiums are filled out is because there needs to be a lot of season ticket holders which there was a lot of people who did do that this year I just think it proved that the city is still a, a hockey st- city and there's still a ton of people who care about Buffalo hockey and, and the Sabres and when they're doing good, it's, it's a awesome time. So like I, the, there are those casual fans that need to be won over and I get that, but there's, it's still a huge market in, in Buffalo. I mean, even over the past couple of years when the Sabres haven't been good and they do the playoff ratings, right. Where they're saying like, which markets are watching the most playoff game. Like Buffalo is always top five, if not top one in the markets of, uh, a viewership or whatever those stats are. I don't, I don't exactly know what they are. I think you know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, Buffalo is always up there in the in the top five, top two, top three of people mm-hmm. watching these events and stuff. So, I mean, it's a hockey city. It, it'll, ra- it'll rally behind the team when, you know, they pull it out and provide, like, I, I don't know. It just made me super excited for the future. Like I, like, I also texted my buddy back when he said he was at the game, like, I'm actually excited for the future for once. And it's not just a weird rebuild. And it's not like this Eichel rebuild that like never really got off the ground. Like this actually feels like something you have some guys in the AHL and the Amherst that are putting up numbers. It's just, it feels a lot better. You have a coach that's really likable. Um, seems like people are making right decisions now. Like it just feels a lot better than what it was over the past few five years or whatever it was. So, I mean, the city's still a hockey city. They'll rally behind the Sabres and I think that's what it proved Thursday or Friday night as well. And um, like you said, it was good to get a win. It, it was good to get a win. And I think it was very important. And I mean, speaking of that game, they came out hot. I mean, that Krebs goal, like was like two or three minutes in. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good that I mean, Krebs got to score too. Cause it kind of showcased like this new era that's going to be shuffled. Into. Yeah. Well, that, that was also the other thing uh, now that you said that it made me think of um, a post like post game press conference, I think. I forgot what the question was, but he kind of just started talking about the game, the atmosphere. And um, there's a lot of guys on the Sabres team because obviously they're super young. The Sabres team's super young. We talk about it all the time. A lot of these guys haven't experienced a game in the in Buffalo, like a packed, like a, an, a real environment game yeah. in Buffalo. Cousins was a rookie last year, so you had COVID. And, and so all the young guys that came in with COVID anyway, no matter where you played, even if it was a away game, you're not getting fans in the building. And then you come back this year, and yeah, you go on the road and there's, and there's some stadiums that pack the house, but you've never got to experience a game with your home crowd rallying behind you in a full, in a full barn. I mean, you got Krebs, you got cousins, you have all these young guys that know middle stat. I mean, he didn't really get to experience like all of these guys have never seen something like that. And, and I think Oposo in his post game uh, press conference was like, yo, uh, yeah, I just looked over to cousins at one point and said, this is the national league. Cause like, he's never experienced anything like that. And he was like, welcome yeah. to the league almost. Right. So it's like Krebs getting that goal jumping into the into the crowd and um i think that was awesome for him i also heard on the after the whistle podcast i saw saw a little clip that i guess i forgot it was craig rivera andrew peters 
um, somehow knew that I don't know if it was after that game or it was after a game before where, you know, they give out the sword to the best player of the game. Like, I think like a lot of teams do like a hard hat. Type yeah. thing. I think the Sabres mm-hmm. give out like the sword. Yeah, they I do. Think they gave it to Krebs one game. And um, I don't know how they knew this, but I guess in his like post game, you know, in the locker room after he got it, he just, you know, says a few words to the boys in the locker room. He, like he said, like, there's nowhere I'd rather be than be a Buffalo Sabre right now. Like as a 20 year old, young guy saying that like that mm-hmm. like when's the last time uh you know eichel probably never said that any of these other young guys probably never said like when's the last no. time these guys are actually wanting to be in buffalo and rallying behind each other and he's so excited and he gets to score that goal in a packed barn like like you said i think that was that was huge yeah 100 percent. i mean it, w- it was absolutely bananas and i also i also think that having a place like that is like that's that's a barn that can win you games you're not supposed to win. You know what I mean? Like a team a team like the Sabres, right? Like the Predators are very good this year. They're a playoff team. They're playing really good hockey. Like I don't know if the Sabres win that game if they're just playing in a half full arena. Like yeah. they they fed off that crowd, you could tell. They knew they wanted to win that game and they, you know, they had jump in their step from the from the puck drop. So it's a huge advantage getting the fans back, not just for our sake, but for the players as well. Definitely. Um, also in that game, got a shout out Thompson. He had two tucks to get him to the 30 goal mark. So, which was also cool that he got to do that in front of everybody. Yeah. Got to do that in front of everybody. Skinner grabbed the puck for him. He also had a goal in the Florida game a couple days ago. So he's over 30, 31, but he got to the 30 goal mark. Uh, Skinner also had a goal in that Florida game. So he's on his way to the 30 goal mark. I think he's at 28 now. So he's two away. Um, so, you know, quick shout out to them to, you know, they'll probably both be both at 30. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got, I got really nothing else on that game other than unbelievable to see it packed and to get the win, you know, four, three, all of a sudden with a snipe to put them up in the second. And then they just played unbelievable team defense in the third, um, had a few chances to kind of break it wide open. Weren't able to do so, but yeah, great game, and it, really cool to see. So that, that's kind of what I had on the Sabres and, and that game, I guess, specifically in that night as a whole. I don't know if you had anything else before we want to move on. No, I, I think it's, it's, it's really, really, really interesting. I, th- I think the way that they're playing here, it's, it's going to really throw a wrench into the, the mix if Owen Power does sign with the Sabres this, this, uh, over the next couple weeks here. If, if that... Do you think we'll see another – I don't know if we'll say, like, sellout like that because I don't, I don't think we'll see the building look like that again this year. But do you think we'll see some, some sort of close to a sellout maybe before the end of the season? I think that if power plays, which I guess everyone's thinking he's going to, um, and then we can also – I guess that kind of triggered me on the whole goalie situation with Levi and Portillo. I, I guess that's a little bit farther from those guys signing them than maybe we would have thought. I don't know. I've been seeing some things on that. They don't your question about power. I mean, I think if he plays, yeah, I think there'll be an attendance boost for that specific game. The first couple that he plays, I don't think it's going to be a packed house like it was for Friday night at all this season. Um, I mean, the game against Florida on Sunday after that game was kind of back to like where it's been all year. Uh, I, I mean, talking to dad and, and I don't know if like, I don't know. Dad kind of like sometimes thinks he like knows way more about things than he does, but he's, he's under the impression that if you don't have enough season ticket holders, then you're not going to like get a full house. And like, obviously it was an exception for Friday night because there was, it was just pumped up, you know, throughout weeks and everyone went for the Rick Jenner and you just a bunch of people go and buy tickets. But 
for this year, I don't think the Sabres have had many season ticket holders. So it's hard to kind of sell individual tickets for every game. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to hmm. like to get pack numbers. a house. Like if you're just selling 16 or 17,000 individual tickets, like you need guys that are going to be at every game, like consistently show up. So yeah. it's, it's not, so I don't know. I don't think powers debut is going to have to do the same effect of like a Rick Jenner at night. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be more people there because people are excited to see this kid play. I, it's not gonna be a packed house though. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if season tickets fly off the shelves a little bit more for next year. Like I, like the next year's type thing is, is where, you know, this year's yeah, kind of I was just thing say, and whatever, but like next year, I really hope that, you know, kind of really gets back yeah. to where it should be. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because the Sabres are playing awesome hockey now. Like, they're in every game and we could we can move it we could talk about the florida game a little bit too but before we do that i mean what they were they're like eight three and three in march i want to say and you know they 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 won again on friday lost a tough one against florida but they're playing their best hockey when it doesn't matter so it's it's hard for like these when it comes to these games don't matter no i know it's really hard it's really hard for these it's really hard to sell a game that doesn't matter so I'm yes, really looking yes. at, like, the, I, I'm really interested to see what the home opener looks like next year. Because if they end the season, like, these games do matter for the fact that it will carry over into the start of next year. Well, yeah, if they and, do and go that's, and that's what I was saying. Like eight straight losses to end the year, then I think that will really hurt going into next year. But, but that's what I was saying about how I think the future is, pro- like, I, at least my personal opinion is that the future looks promising. You can actually feel something that's, like, wor- like I think – like, I don't think they're going to lose eight straight games because I think the the team is actually headed in the right direction in a, in a, in a point where they're going to be competitive. And I feel like they're making the right decisions and Granado has a grasp on the team. Like, I think that's the point I was trying to make is I think the fan base as a whole is starting to really like realize that there's something here and that it will leak into next year. Like, yes, these games are, don't mean anything. And maybe they're playing a little bit more freely or whatever, but I, as a fan, am seeing this team, play and progress and knowing you have like talent in the pipeline, knowing there's like an actual plan with the team where I think that kind of knowledge is like seeping into Sabres fans minds where they realize like, this isn't just a one hit wonder end of the year type thing. Like, I think it, it's pretty clear that there's a good chance this is going to, you know, go in next year and maybe improve and have that chance to actually be a pretty competitive team. Like, I think that's in the pipeline. I think Sabres fans are like realizing that like, I like that's, I guess like what I think is going to happen. Like, I think this team is, like I'm excited for the future and I think it's going to like keep going. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Like, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm very optimistic yeah. about this happening. So yeah, no, I, I think that's what maybe will sell the tickets more is like, it's people are realizing this isn't just kind of like a lucky, you know, streak they're, they're going on. I think there's some concrete evidence to a, a solid future. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know what was what was even your original point was that what we were talking about? No, there? yeah, I was just saying I'm, I'm I'm really interested to see what the what the home opener looks like this upcoming year. Yeah, because that's always a game that like usually sells out without a question. So, yeah, I mean, I was at it this year; it wasn't close to being sold out. But right, I'm talking about before COVID. It was like even mm-hmm. when the teams were bad, that that game would always sell out. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a jump if power plays when power plays, but it's, it won't be a packed house. I don't think that's my prediction. Um, but in terms of prospects, I guess we can talk about again with well, really quick. Last thing, last thing on Rick Jenner at night. 
I may have COVID, but my Twitter game is still strong. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, that was a good tweet. That was a good tweet. You had a good traction there on it. You got a kind really of, good traction. Kind of got copied a couple times. You might have to send. Those I mean, it was so it was so letters. good that I got absolutely. I, like I don't know who like who what account made that me. I think it was everything they, it Buffalo. Was, it was direct, like that was such a direct copy and paste from my tweet. Like I don't. And yours, like, was, know, yours was before that, right? Mine was like minutes after that game ended. So I yeah. like they did not make that meme without seeing my tweet because I I think most every Buffalo account had some sort of interaction with that. Like, yeah, well that's like, why. That, <laughs> that's why. That's why I. Uh, well, did you? That's why I tagged you in the one today. Like, was that? Is that actual? Like, does Rick Jenner actually have an Instagram account? Like, is that yeah. actually him? Yeah. And, and so he like he reposted it, right? Yeah. So that's why I was a little bit like that kind of like it's it's funny at first when they you know they copy your meme and everything, but then like when Rick Jennerette posted, then it's kind of like yeah, Ew. that could have been me. That could have been me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that was the kind of the killer. It's like dang, like I kind of wish that that was me in that point. So if if you're not if you're not picking up what's going on here, just go look at my uh, look at my Twitter. This is Ethan. Uh, <laughs> go go look at my Twitter. I have a I have a pretty nice tweet that's putting up some numbies. Go give you it. Should a, pin it to your like, profile. All right, I'll pin it here. Yeah, as as we're talking, and so that you can go check out my pinned tweet that that did pretty well. Yeah, I got you know. Hey, hey, that's what that's what happens sometimes. I guess when you blow up a little bit, some people are going to steal your jokes. It's part of the part of the game, but. It's the cost um, of doing business. It's the cost of doing business. Um, but yeah, I think, oh, the, okay. So that's what I was going to move on to is Portillo and Levi, I guess. So I think last episode we kind of talked about them. And I know that we talked about Levi, his season ended. Portillo's obviously in the final four here, Frozen Four. I think that goes on this week. But we were thinking, you know, Levi's probably going to sign. He might play for the Rochester Amherst. I, like, I don't know. Like, we didn't really understand how it goes. Um, but then, like, it, nothing's happened so far. And I think last week, Friedman and, and some Buffalo Twitter accounts were saying, like, Levi's decision is going to be made in the couple, next couple of days. Like, is he going to go back to Northeastern? Is he going to sign with the Sabres? And the decision didn't really happen yet. So I think he has and, – and then I came to learn, I think he has two more years. This is a whole other thing because I think I, like, started to realize, like, once you draft someone, they're obviously under your rights. But then after a certain period of time, they become a UFA. So it's yeah, like if you don't only, sign them. So it's only, and I think this is what happened to us with Cal Peterson a few years ago. It is people were bringing that back up, but I don't really understand. Like this rule seems interesting because it's like, what if you're a player, uh, you get drafted by a team, and you just don't really want to go there? You can just wait it out and be a UFA. Like that doesn't really seem fair. But anyway, like I think. Well, then you're not also not making money if you're good enough to play in the league. You want to make money. Yeah, but what if you're just like you know you're nasty? You get like signed, drafted by the Sabers. You're like screw it. Like I don't want to. I guess you, I guess it's different. Like if you're gonna go right to the league, like you probably don't want to wait any longer. I don't know. Whatever. Exactly. The 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 point being is that Levi, I think, still has two more years until he's a UFA. So if he goes back to school, it's okay because we're he's still under our rights for the next year and the year after that. Um, it would kind of suck, I think, personally, from a Sabres fan perspective. Like, I want to get this guy playing in the Amherst uniform. Like, I want to get him rolling. Like, I think he's ready for that next step kind of soon. Like, we need goalies. Like, we need these prospects to start playing and, and, like, being, like, available for us to call them up to the Sabres if we need them. So, I don't really want him to go back to Northeastern, but I guess, whatever, if he goes back, he's still under the Sabres' rights. The thing is with Portillo is that I think he only has one more year of being a UFA. So, if he doesn't sign with the Sabres soon or within the next, like, year or so like 
he's he's going to be gone. So it's like we need to be mm-hmm. able to sign these guys because it's like we, we've been talking about these goalie prospects, I feel like, forever. And, and if that's one position that, like, we need these guys at. Obviously, we have UPL. You have Anderson who might come back, but he's obviously not going to be here for the long term. Like, ideally, I would like to have UPL, Portillo, and Levi all signed in as a saver so we can have these guys and pick them out until, you know, one of them blossoms, right? So it's like, what what's going on here? I feel like we need to make moves. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm not I'm not as I don't know. I I have no idea what's going on with that. Like I so. would like them to get Levi. Yeah, I, I would like him to sign them both. And just so he can play so he I, like I would I would rather him be playing for the Rochester Amex next year than the Northeastern Huskies, right? Like and it would kind of suck if we can't have that happen. The thing with Levi is I think he's only a sophomore right now and I think Portillo's older that's what i think that's why portillo has a year left yeah he's old um, for sure portillo is i think portillo is a junior and he's playing for the frozen four right so i think if he wins a championship and doesn't sign with the sabers i'm pretty sure that means like he just doesn't want to play to buffalo because like what else would you want to go back to michigan for at that point you won the national championship like it's time to move on and, and go professional at that point now with Levi, I guess I could stomach the fact that he wants another like re- go with the boys at Northeastern. Well, well, before you go on, let me make it clear from from Levi's perspective. Yeah, like I, hey, like all he can make his own. If he wants to go back, like I do whatever you want. I'm just saying. I was just kind of saying, personally, selfishly, as a Sabres fan, I'll rather be playing for the Amherst next year and get you know. Oh, hundred percent with the organization rather than him playing for the Huskies next year for him. I mean, do whatever you want. Right. I was just, that's, I guess what I'm, I'm looking at it as like a risk, like how likely are we to lose these guys type of deal? Yeah. Same. I was looking at it like that too. Yeah. I think if we don't sign Portillo after this season, like after he's he's gone, I think he's gone. So I, you know, but I, from my very, very little, knowledge of both guys like if you put a gun to my head i think i'd rather levi uh over the two of them i obviously want to sign both but levi i mean we traded reinhardt for him so like if we lose yeah. him that would suck yeah right. that would absolutely suck and he yeah he had, he's had like an unbelievable season you know he played canadian world juniors yeah like, you got to sign that guy no yeah i mean i uh, like you said i hope we sign both of them i was just i guess confused on or not confused. I was just yeah, like wondering what's going to happen with them because I thought, for my like angle, like last week I was thinking, okay, like we have these two guys, you know, we'll get them locked up and, and you know get it rolling and we'll figure out the goalie situation. Like only over this past week, I I kind of realized like, oh, we can actually you know potentially lose these guys. I didn't really like that. Didn't really come yeah. as a thought to me before, I guess. Um, yep. But I but ideally, I think my dream scenario would be and. and we can talk about this also while we're at it is that it came out this past week that the Sabres are interested in bringing Craig Anderson back for another year. If it's basically balls in Anderson's court, they basically told him like, Hey, we want you back for another year, which I guess I'll be fine with if he plays like he does this year again. I just don't know if the wheels are going to fall off. I mean, he's getting old, but ideally we could have Anderson back if he plays again, like he did this year with UPL on the Sabres, maybe UPL, even as the starter, have them split time, you know, let UPL kind of, feel out the NHL and then you have Portillo and Levi in the AHL as their two goalies, maybe even have one of them, in the ECHL so they can both be starters. Like that would be the ideal scenario in my eyes. Again, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do want yeah. all these guys locked up at some point, you know, just, you gotta, you gotta get enough options and, uh, you know, throw enough darts at the dartboard. Hopefully one sticks. 
And that's how the goalie situation works. I feel like in the NHL this year, I mean, these guys take years to develop too. So right. it's not like a forward that slots in at 18 years old and can play in your lineup. These guys take years and years. So yeah, I mean, at this point we got to just, like you said, get as many guys in there, try them out. Hopefully one sticks and then you go from there. But yeah, I would, I want to sign both these guys. I'd be, I'd welcome Anderson back. I mean, Tokarski's done what he can and he played, I thought he played pretty good against Florida for the amount of shots shots that he took on Sunday, yeah, no, he's but just so sketchy. He's just yeah, he's he's just not he's not an NHL goaltender. So I I like I would be okay next year if our tandem was Craig Anderson and UPL. Uh, hopefully UPL can stay healthy and stay up with the Sabers for a full season. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Like having those two guys be the goalies in Rochester, I think would be awesome. Um, my number one guy though that I want to re-sign, which is crazy, going into next year is. Vinny Hinestroza. Mm. He's my number one target to bring back that's going to be a free agent this year. I think he is awesome for this team. Uh, I think he's another guy, like you were saying, that want, like we were talking about Krebs. I think he's a guy that wants to be in Buffalo. And I think he's gelled really, really nicely with a lot of these players um, and brings a lot of speed to the lineup. So something that I never thought I would have said, like maybe four months ago, but like he's my number one guy I'm focusing on. And I think the number one thing that I think there's two positions that I really want to bring free agents in for. And one of them is right-handed D. I think that's obviously a big weakness on this lineup, especially if power comes in. I think your left side's pretty solidified with Darlene power and Samuelson. But then on the right side, outside of like Yoki Haru, who I thought like we've been kind of saying like he hasn't been in. I think he's been playing a lot better uh, as of late, like same with Darlene. Um, there's like, there's a lot of question marks over there. Uh, like Pissick is, is definitely not part of the like long-term plans there. Um, and who else? Uh, I mean, uh, you got like, Colin, like Colin Miller, Colin Bryson Miller is a lefty Bry- also Bryson's or Bryson's a lefty that's playing on the right side, which is not ideal. I think Bryson's ideally would be like your seventh defenseman on a good team. Um, so yeah, I, I just think having a veteran, right-hand shot big defenseman would be my number one addition that I want to look for in free agency. And then my other one would be uh, a scoring winger. And I, th- I was two names that keep getting thrown around and on Twitter that I see are Burakovsky and Nachushkin from Colorado. And I'd take either one of those guys in a heartbeat too. Those guys would be sick for the Sabres. So what about, what about Philip Forsberg? Yeah. I mean, the guy has like 38 goals, but like, He's I don't see UFA. Us, I don't see us getting him. Would you toss? Would you toss if you know? Given the fact that he would be open to come to Buffalo, we're so under the cap that would you toss nine ten mil at him a year? He's only twenty seven years old. I don't know. That would be tough. I would I, sign him for nine. I would sign him for nine a year, like max um, contract at like nine years, eight years. Nine, nine by nine by yeah i'd give him some turn <laughs> i mean we, i would i wouldn't i wouldn't maybe go you know if he's able to do like five six years i would do that but i would tell uh, just strictly talking at like an um average um value average year value average annual value they call it aav i would give him like nine a year and i mean we're, we just we don't have we like kind of need to spend money so we're in a kind of a situation where we're able to do that now i know down the line you're gonna have to be able to have enough money to pay some of your younger guys, but I don't know. That'd be kind of an interesting one if, if we could get him. 
Um, yeah, that'd be sick. I just think, uh, yeah, I just, I just have trouble, uh, trouble seeing him coming here. I'm really focused on our third line. Cause that's, that's the one part of this offense that I really not, really not settled on the, the middle stat Asplund and Olsen line. They've been playing pretty good, but I know what you mean. Like every time I see middle set, He's been he just, playing better lately, though. He's been playing better, but I just don't know if he has the speed to play in the NHL. If you know, he he he's just seems yeah. like his skating is not at the right level. And then the thing that bothers me about Olsen and, and Aspen and Olsen, it's tough because he's so good on the power play and his shot is so good that if you put him with other guys, like if I think if he wasn't playing with those other two guys, and I I'd, I'd really like to see him maybe play with Cousins and Krebs. Um, or something like that. Well, I think he did earlier in the year, though, and that was kind or of maybe like, like the cousins and Hinnestroza. Maybe I think he needs to play with two guys that can cycle the puck because he's so bad in the cycle game. Olsen, him and Asplund, if he, like they have so much trouble, I feel like cycling the puck in the offensive zone and winning puck battles in the boards and like doing all that kind of stuff. Where that's like that's why I feel like that line is either boom or bust because they're either scoring off a rush like off of Olsen one-timer, but they're never creating consistent offensive zone time just because I don't think they can cycle the puck good enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, like, I would just like, – you see a little bit more jam it's like, out of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because it's like – I mean, all the analytical people will tell you how good Asplund is, and I've come around – like I've been the biggest Asplund hater, and I've come around on him the past couple of weeks. I think he's been the, – the thing is with Asplund is I feel like, yeah, sure, analytically – He's very good defensively, I guess. And he's a, he, and he's a good skater. I'll give him good, that. Like, whatever. He, he does a lot of things right. The, the, the thing I just can't get over with him, and and that's why I, like, you know, err towards an Olsen more than him, is that, like, I know Aspen's not on the team to score, but, like, when he gets his, like, a breakaway or an opportunity, like, he's never going to finish. And it's, like, it's just, like, the fact that, like, he's, like, I know he's not there to score, but, like, when he has his opportunity, like, at least bury like one or two of them, and he like doesn't. So it's like I like I get like he's good analytically and whatever, but it's like there's just a certain level of like bring to the table where like there's just not going to be enough room when you have guys like Quinn and, and Paterka coming up through like the pipeline where it's like these guys are going to score twenty goals a year. Where it's like I get like yeah, Aspen maybe he's locking someone down defensively, but I would you know I'd take up a Turco who maybe gives up a few more goals, but is also scoring twenty five. Right? It's like there's just checks and balances. And Aspen's not physical enough, I feel like, to play. Yeah, that's the other thing that in the, the analytics six. things don't 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 point out is that is like the intangible stuff and and the grit like the grittiness. I know it sounds kind of dumb, but like sure, Aspen maybe like locks someone down or like analytically is very good, but it's like there's some times where he like he he never finishes checks. He he goes in the corner. He's never finishing checks. He, like there, these are things that are carry on throughout the game and impact the game in a long term that he just doesn't really do. Right. So it's like, like there's other things that are factored into it. Yeah, Aspen doesn't like Aspen gets on the ice and nobody's keeping their head on a swivel looking yeah. at him to finish. Yeah, and it's court. like if you're going to be on a third line, you're going to do what he does, not score. Then you have to be uh, like a different kind of player, like that kind of. Yeah. So it's like exactly. I don't know. They're, they're, like that's what I think a lot of these analytical people don't really realize is that there's that other aspect to the game besides just the numbers and looking at the numbers. Um, that that's where I'm looking at too, because you got like you were talking about, you got Quinn and Paterka that are just lighting it up in the AHL. I think Quinn's the leading goal scorer at this point in the AHL, and so well he would be if he didn't get hurt. he's played like 20 less games than everybody. He's like fifth in the league in scoring. So I mean, if you're bringing those two guys up to the Sabers, 
who are you taking out of the lineup? Because they play a very similar game. It's like Olsen, Aswin, Middlestat. Like, those are the guys that they're replacing, and they're not bringing any more jam in the lineup. And I think the one thing the Sabres need at this point, I think, is more jam in the bottom six. Well, and the the thing is, is like, I don't understand how – you don't bring, but I don't understand how you don't give particular a look in the NHL next year. And that's a lot of what, like I've been seeing over the past week on Twitter is when, because now people are excited for the Sabres again, as we've been talking about. So they like to do like their projected lineup for next year, right? Though, you know, maybe this free agent signs here. And I've seen a lot of Sabres accounts doing their projected lineups and Paterka's not in them. And I just don't understand how you can have that guy play in the AHL next year again. There, there's just no way. Like he deserves a yeah. chance in the NHL. He, he He's going to be, he's, part of this team long-term like I, I just don't get how you can't have him in the lineup so it's like you have to give these guys a chance and it, it, yeah there's just not enough room for everybody and so you're gonna have to bring something to the table that maybe you know like someone else brings and you don't and, and sorry but that's just the way it goes but I mean it's a good problem to have but uh, yeah it, there's a lot there's a lot of people for not as much room I guess uh, like moving forward but I don't know We'll see. I mean, I, I agree with the Hinestroza thing. I think he's the only UFA that you kind of bring back, though. I think we have like seven or eight UFAs. Um, I, I don't know. But maybe besides Anderson, sorry, he's a UFA. I think you bring him back. But other than that, I don't know. The UFAs, you'll save money on those guys for sure. Maybe you open that up for like a Forsberg situation or someone like that, that you can really go out and get a defenseman or, you know, a high-end forward, whatever. But should be interesting. We'll see what Adams does this offseason. We'll see what he does in the draft. Um, we have, you know, another, what, two first round picks this year because of Vegas's and ours. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I, I guess last thing before we move on here is Eichel watch the Vegas golden Knights are, I think maybe just in that eighth spot or maybe just on the outside looking out. I know they won last night, the stars lost, but the stars have like three games in hand. And I think the Knights are in right now, but the stars have three games in hand. Yeah. So Watch out for that, and if you're listening, thinking, like, why do these guys keep bringing up Eichel, blah, 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 like, listen, I'm admitting it. Like, I'm being petty. Like, both Ethan and I have admitted, like, we're super petty about this situation. I will watch Eichel and the Vegas Golden Knights this season and hope that they miss the playoffs. So, if I'm doing an Eichel and Vegas update, like, I don't care what you think. The Sabres have the Knights' first-round pick, so that's a big difference. Yeah, so it's if they yeah. get out of the play if they miss the playoffs. Okay, true, but I will admit, like I am being pet- like that's the main reason I'm watching Vegas still is because I want okay, to miss the playoffs. <laughs> and and I'm just letting the listeners know that it's like, oh, the, these guys keep talking about. Like, it's like, yes, I'm gonna keep talking about him because I despise him that much, and I don't care what you think. Um, Fair. but anyway, let's move on here. Let's do this little hypothetical that I found. I thought it'd be interesting one on Twitter. I was scrolling through last week. And the question is, for the rest of your life, your teams can only win six championships. How are you divvying them up? So a combined six championships between all your teams. Yep. And to clarify before we go on this, like I know this is a Sabres-Bills podcast, but mm-hmm. we also have other favorite teams. So those count too. So it's not because yeah. if it was just Bills and Sabres, it would pretty obviously be three and three. Um, but you get six championships. And I was thinking about this a little bit. And Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Does this mean does this mean I get six guaranteed championships and my teams could potentially win another one? Or it's like I only you only you know I'm going in and I'm only seeing six and I'm gonna die with six. That is a good question because that's I thought this same exact thing and I we have to clarify that before we go. And I think to make it more interesting, you get six and you give out six and then your favorite teams, if you're not if those favorite teams aren't in the six, they don't win. They'll so it's like they don't even have one. What? 
they'll never win one in my lifetime. Like, yeah, they don't even have the potential. Cause I think that makes it more, it makes it harder because obviously if they have the potential still, then it's like, Oh, maybe I'll just like throw like the Mets, like nothing, but they, you know, have the potential to win one. But yeah, if you, they don't have the potential to win one unless they're in the six, I think that makes it way harder. I, I agree. I think that makes it way harder. So I was thinking about this when I saw this and I still like, I wish I thought about this more. I, for, I kind of forgot about it before I brought it back up, but I like, I don't know if I have my solidified answers yet because I don't know. It's super like, do you know where you'd go from here on this? Cause, cause all right. So I'm obviously going to give the bills and the Sabres at least one each off rip, probably okay. more, but I'm going to get like, those are my two favorite teams of all time. So they're going to at least get one and one. Yeah. Right. So that's, you know, I get four more to divvy out. Now, I think what I might do is give them each another one. So they get two each. Wait, do you get to plan when they happen? <sighs> Not, I mean, is that that big of a deal? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, all right, go sure, ahead. Just go. Sure. No, <laughs> okay. All right. I think I'm going to throw them. So now I have four more because I gave them one each. I think I'm going to throw them another one each. So I get two for the Sabres, two for the Bills. Mm -hmm. Then I think I'm actually going to go one for the Mets and then one for Duquesne basketball. Because I think it would be. That would be sick. Because I think it would be. Because the thing is, is like, I think that like I would almost rather a like if we weren't doing this hypothetical, if we're just talking in normal life, I think I would almost like for next year, I think I'd almost rather, no, I would rather a Duquesne basketball championship over a Mets championship just because the Mets, if, if, you know, if we're not doing this hypothetical, the chances are the Mets will probably win a world series throughout the rest of our lifetime. I mean, they're, you know, they're going to spend money. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's, it's very, it, the Duquesne will never win a national championship ever. They, they just won't. So I think giving them one would be like an ultimate underdog Cinderella story. Obviously I went to school there. Like I'm one of like the few people who actually like care about the basketball program and like watch it year in and year out and like, like rooting for them. So like having them win would just like rub it in so many people's faces. And I think that would be awesome. So I would think I would go, go and, and I am still a big Mets fan. So like, I would definitely want to see them win one. And if I don't give them one within this scenario, then they're not going to win whenever. Like I'd still like to see that. So I think if I give one of the Mets, one of Duquesne, to the Bills, to the Sabers, I think that's where I would where it end at it. Um, but I think once I got like one for the Bills or one for the Sabers, like the the problem with the the divvying out I just did, I just think I would want so much more for those teams. Like, I don't know, but that's the that's the point of the game. You only get six, so I think that's where I'm at. Maybe I'll shuffle around as you talk, but I think that's where I'm going to start out with two to the Bills, two to the Sabers. One to the Duquesne University basketball team in Pittsburgh. If you know it, probably people out there is like, I don't even know where that school is. Um, and then one to the Mets. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'll go with my six championships. Okay. For me, I've already seen UConn win a national championship and yep, I was correct. at school. So I'm not going to use one on them. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't get much better than that too when you're like literally yeah. at school for it. Right. That's fair. I'm going to give one to the Mets. Just because I, I I think it'd be cool to see them, you know, win a championship. Yeah. The other five, I'm going to give three to the Bills, and they're going to be three in a row. And the Bills are going to now be the only team in the NFL to go to four Super Bowls in a row, but also be the only team in the NFL to go to three Super Bowls in a row and win all three in a row. Teams have won back-to-back, but nobody's won three in a row. I love that, but you have to realize that that's going to be the best three, year, three years of your life, and then 
Yeah. And then you're just then nothing. It's not even spread out. I mean, that's fine. Okay. Okay. I'm just I'm just giving you a forewarning on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm willing to accept that. And then okay. the other two I'm gonna give to the Sabres. Okay. I like it. I, I knew if you were, if you were gonna air one side or the other, I knew you were gonna air Bill's side. Um Bill Sabres is what I'm talking about. Well, I just think it'd be cool to be the only team to lose four Super Bowls in a row and the only team to win three Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, no, it would. It would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. It would be like a redemption. I was contemplating and taking the Mets one away and having them win four in a row, but <laughs> would you, <laughs> I, if you I if you took the Mets one away, would you would do that? You'd do four in a row and only two to the Sabres? Yeah. Wow, really? I damn. I, I I'm like uh I mean we've also had this discussion before and this could even be a separate discussion too, but I, I'm uh I'm a rather win a Stanley cup over super bowl, like very, very slightly, but like I would, and I think you're the opposite. Uh, it's like very slight like, to me, but like the, that's, I yeah, would. I mean, but that's a different, I feel like that's a different question. I'm just doing that for the storyline. Yeah. Okay. The get bills you. get like dragged for those four super bowls, right? Like that's the big thing where it's like the number one, like, it's like, I go tell random Joe Schmo at the supermarket that I'm a Bills fan. He's like, oh, how'd you like, you know, losing four Super Bowls in a row? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like the narrative resetting would be sick. No, I agree. Okay, I like it. So you got uh, three Bills in a row, two Sabres, one Mets. I got two for the Bills, two for the Sabres. They can be pretty spread out. One for the Mets, one for Duquesne. I think that's a pretty solid lineup, but um, all right. I like it. Um. All right, you want to move on here to our final ending segment of the podcast then? Ended yeah. out with the guest of the Buffalo sports figure. Mm-hmm. All right. I will think of someone, and you can go first. Um, let me think of someone. I have a quick. guy. Okay. Um, I, want, I, I kind of want you to go first, though. Um, I will give you... I'm trying like the other thing is like I gotta think of someone that where if like you ask me a question, I know the answer to. Um why don't you just bring up like the Wikipedia page? Yeah, I could. All right, I'll 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 go. Uh I got one. I got one. All right, am I guessing? Yeah, let me just bring him up real quick. <clears throat> Okay. I think I think this is guy this guy's a this guy's a doable one. All right, ready? Yep. All right, ready, go. Bills. No. Sabres. Uh player, coach. Player. Uh offense, defense, offense. Goalie. Offense on the team right now? No. Uh, did he play within the last 10 years for the Sabres? No, but he did play within the last 10 years in the NHL. Okay, played in the 06-07 teams, the like yes. 05-06. Uh, Derek Roy, Thomas no. Vanek, uh, no. Jason Pomaville, Paul Gossett, uh, Max Fennigenov, Miroslav Shatan. Nope. nope. Um, what other teams did he play? Did he play in the Eastern Conference after the Sabres? Uh, yes, but he played for both West and East. You got uh, five Brian seconds. Gianta? Brian Gianta? No. no. Uh, offense. Uh, Tim Connolly? Time. Time. You got one, guess, one final guess if you got it. It wasn't Connolly. 
Chris Drury? No, it was a Lesh Kota League. <laughs> you oh, were dancing around it. You were dancing. Oh, you named pretty I... much every other forward. Wow. All right, that was pretty good. Dang, that was an L. All right, do you got one? Yeah, I got one. I gotta get. I feel like I gotta like. I gotta figure out like a better question that like narrow down a forward after I get like the the era and like. I know. I was I was thinking about that the other day too. I was thinking maybe like start asking like jersey number. Like, are they a teen? Like, are they? In oh the yeah, teens? that's like, a good know. idea actually. Um, let me get to my stopwatch here. <clears throat> All right, forty-five seconds on the clock. Ready, go. Bills. Yes. Player. Yes. Offense. Yes. Playing right now. No. Uh. Okay. Quarterback. No. Wide receiver. Yes. Um, Stevie Johnson. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, that was a lucky guess. <laughs> I'll wow, take it though. Good, good I'll take it though. Let's go. Yes. All right. I need to get back on the back on the on the wagon there. But all right. Um, there's another episode, another segment. Just the Buffalo Sports Sir, You got anything else to add before we sign off here? No. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who, you know, shout out to everybody who went to the game on Friday to support Rick Jenneret. Um, like we said, great to see that place packed and hopefully we can continue that into next year and, and get this team back on track. But thank you guys for listening. Um, whether it was on our own feed, on the Buffalo feed on YouTube, you can see our beautiful faces. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in to episode 130. Go Bills, go Sabres as always. And we will talk to you next week.